Thank you, Brother Terry. Well, if you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, familiar passage of Scripture. Just a few minutes, we'll read from Matthew seven thirteen through uh, 23. Matthew chapter 7. We'll begin reading with verse 13. About a month ago, Judy and I, we were returning home from a visit with our daughter, Corey, and our son-in-law, Shane, and our grandson, Canaan. And we were traveling west out of Birmingham on I-22. I-22 corridor leads from Birmingham uh, into Tupelo. So we were making our way back, headed toward Elgin, and we turned right on exit 39 and hit 13 and 5 and come to Natural Bridge and on, on in Phil Campbell. We had a radio on. Uh, I think Judy might have been taking a little nap. I was talking on the phone. I have to confess, I was talking on the phone. And we were just enjoying the drive. And suddenly I saw the tower, the Winfield Water Tower. <laughs> Now, um, I'd missed my turn, Charlie. I'd driven about 15 or 20 miles out of the way. And immediately I just stopped and exited off and, uh, and went on home uh, through Fayette. <laughs> but I headed home. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells about two different roads that leads to two different places. Look at verse 13. He talks about a gate. He talks about a road. He says, Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, and inwardly are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Jesus says that many people take the wrong road and few find the narrow path. Now, the point is, wouldn't it make sense 
if we just slow down spiritually and kind of pull over and make sure that we're on the right road that leads to life. The question is, is it possible that we may think that we're on the right road that leads to life, but we've set our spiritual cruise control, put on our Christian t-shirt, turn on our contemporary gospel music, or our southern gospel music, traveling down the wrong road with a Christian bumper sticker on our back bumper. Donald Whitney said this, If a person is wrong about being right with God, then ultimately it doesn't matter what he or she is right about. If you're wrong about being right with God, it really doesn't matter what you're right about if you miss that. Is it possible that you're wrong about being right with God? Now, I'm not trying to sow any doubt about salvation, but I'm seeking to get you to evaluate that you know Him and He knows you. Because life is too short to get that wrong. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23. You'll notice that the Lord is speaking to a group of religious people. He's not speaking to a group of atheists or agnostics or pagans. He's speaking to a group of religious people. Look what he says in verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven... But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven, verse 22, caught my eye. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, now you recognize the Lord. When the word Lord is used, that's teacher, that's rabbi. When the word Lord, Lord is used, that's usually used by a person that, that has, um, uh, has completely surrendered themselves to the Lord. But Jesus points out that they had not. And so he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, in thy name cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works, and I'll profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now notice he didn't say a few, and he didn't say some, but he says many. Many will assume that they're on their way to heaven, and they find out that is not their eternal destination. They're assuming they're going to heaven. So the question is, how do I know that I'm on the right road? How do I know that I'm going to heaven. I jotted down three things for us to consider. First of all, does your life reflect what you believe? Look at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me. Now, there are many today who profess Christ. They say they believe in Christ. 
but their belief has no impact on how they live. They say, notice that, they will say, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, what they say and what they do is different. What they say they believe about God has no impact on how they live. This type of mentality really is also seen in the secu- our secular lives. For instance, I believe that a um, person needs to exercise. I believe that. But does that affect how I live? I believe that you need to eat healthy. I really believe that. Some people believe that they shouldn't smoke. How does that belief affect their life? Well, what Jesus is saying here, they're saying one thing, but what they're saying is that it's not affecting their life. You cannot separate belief and follow in regards to saving faith, in regards to salvation. The point is this, salvation faith, salvation belief impacts the way you believe, uh, impacts the way you live. Now, we've talked about being a fan of Jesus or being a follower of Jesus. A fan of Jesus may say, Lord, Lord, but he doesn't live Lord, Lord. So biblical faith is more than something that we just confess with our lips because it pours out over into our lives. It really makes a difference in our lives. James chapter 2. Listen to verse 14. James 2 verse 14. What doth it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Or literally, can this type of faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked, destined of daily food, one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warned, be filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, been alone. So our faith spills over into our everyday life. And so this morning, does your life reflect what you believe? Secondly, do you think that you're on the right road because of what you've done? Notice what he says. He says there in verse 22, Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, we... Listen what all they, what they've done. We've prophesied in your name. We've cast out demons. And in thy name we've done many wonderful works. Some people today believe that they move closer to God because of what they do. You know, like gasoline propels a car down the road, some people today believe that their good works propels them down a spiritual highway and they get closer and closer and closer to God by what they do. They'll say to Jesus on that day, we prophesied. I can't say that. As they did then, I can say I preach. They said, we've driven out demons. I can't say that. We've performed miracles. I I can't say that. I mean, they had really done a lot. But their confidence 
was what it was in what they did. Um, if I were to ask you, why should God let you into His heaven? And you begin to recite to me, well, I go to church and I give and I serve and I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. If you think that you're on the right road because of what you do, then you're just a fan, not a follower. You say, well, Brother Sammy, does, does that mean that, that we're not supposed to serve God or work for God? That's not what that means. We've talked about spiritual gifts. We've had discipleship courses taught about spiritual gifts and how we unite with the body of Christ and we're, we're connected to the body of Christ and God's blessed us with spiritual gifts for the, where we can edify and build up the body of Christ. But it means that your salvation is not based on what you do, but it's based on what Christ did for you Amen. there on the cross. Now, we had a work day yesterday down at the new church site. And I really don't know of a better way to remember April the 27th, 2011, the F5 tornado, than for God's people to be on the church site rebuilding and cleaning the rebuilt church building that was destroyed. That would be a good way to remember that anniversary date. But the question is, why did all those volunteers come this past summer to help us rebuild that church? Well, they came because of the love they had for God and, they, and the love they had for us. Well, why do our members come and volunteer their time and their energy on the only day perhaps they have off? Well, they do that because of the love they have for God and the love that they have for their faith family. It's the love for God that motivates God's people. So the point being, work for salvation is useless. So the question is today really is not what you would say before God or what you do that would merit your salvation. But the question is, number three, do I know Jesus and does he know me? Look at verse 23. He says, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. It all boils down to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus knew them. He created them. He knows us. But He didn't know them intimately. They didn't know Him intimately. I read recently about a couple sitting in the pastor's study. They'd been married for more than 20 years. They'd split up and they were getting ready for a divorce. And the wife had accused her husband of just being unemotionally uh, or emotionally unavailable. And he began to get defensive and he began to list all the things that he'd done for her. Well, I've worked hard, I've got a good job, I pay the bills, I do the laundry. I make sure we have a family vacation. I coach our son's soccer team. I've never cheated on you. I've never flirted with anyone else. What more do you want? And she said, I just don't feel like I know you. 
So the question this morning is this. Does Jesus know you? Jesus is saying there's coming a day when there will be many who will have said the right things, done the right things, and Jesus will say, depart from me because I never knew you. He knows everyone. He created us. But he's referring to that intimate relationship. So this morning, do you know Jesus? We're saved by the grace of God through faith. Ephesians 2 verse 8. God's able to keep us saved. Jude 1 verse 24. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8 verse 38 and 39. But the Bible clearly teaches that there will be many who think they'll be saved who are not. Matthew 7 verse 21. You say, well, Brother Sammy, how do I know that I'm on the right road? Does your life reflect what you say you believe? Do you serve or work or do to move further down the road toward heaven? Or are you motivated by the love that you have for God and God's people? And number three, do I know Jesus in an intimate way? To have an intimate relationship with him. When I realized I was going to Tupelo, Mississippi and not Phil Camel, Alabama, it upset me. And I just whipped off. Whipped off there at Winfield and hung a right and, and I headed toward home. David Whitney, if a person's wrong about being right with God, then ultimately it doesn't matter what he or she is right about. That is so true. So this morning, just evaluate and say, Lord, have I deceived myself in thinking that my destination's heaven when I've really not ever honestly trusted you to be Lord and Savior of my life? Is my life an example of what I believe? What I believe spilling over in my life? Am I serving you out of pure love for you and love for your people? Do I have that intimate relationship? When this life is over, will I have a home in heaven? Do you have that assurance? Do you know that you know that you're saved? Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you and thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, I thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Lord, that we've had just a few minutes this morning just to evaluate our relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray that each person here this morning, Lord, as I have had opportunity already just to pause and go back to the time that I asked you to forgive me and to come into my life and save me. And then begin to look at the way that you've changed my life and the way that my life has reflected uh, my belief in you over the years. Thank you for allowing me just to spend time in doing that. And so, Father, I pray for each person here today. 
And so, Father, there were, there were two other sermons that I, I was struggling with in preaching this morning. But, Father, I kept coming back to this one. There's a reason for that. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, as I've preached your word and shared this passage of Scripture, Lord, I know that your word won't return void and that you'll apply it to our hearts. And so, Lord, I trust and know that you'll do that. I pray for every person that as they leave here this morning, they'll have the satisfaction in knowing that they have a home in heaven. And so, Father, I pray for each one. God, I pray now that you'll be with us as we have our invitation hymn. And I pray for those that are without Christ today would come today and say, Brother Sammy, I want to be saved. I want to trust Jesus Christ to be my Lord, my Savior. I want to give my life to Him. I want Him to change me, as Terry sang about earlier. I want Him to change me and make a new creation out of me. I desire that in my life. I pray that people will come. Rededications of, a rededication of life, Father, I pray they'll come. Whatever your will is in their life, may they be obedient to your Holy Spirit. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Tears gonna lead us.